Rural Earth. Hello. Well, hello, Michelle. <laughs> How are you? Hello. I'm good. I'm very good. How are you? You're low pitched. I'm high pitched today. Usually it's the other way around. <laughs> What's happened? What's happened? Nothing. High pitch. Because the sun's <laughs> bloody shining. That's what's going on here. Yeah, Thank it's God. happened. It's happened. Summer's finally arrived. Well, why are you wearing thermals? Yeah, it's fucking cold. I'm in the mountains. <laughs> it gets cold. <laughs> oh, Honestly, it's God. all about air temperature. As soon as the sun goes down, yeah, the, it's freezing. Freezing. Has it gone hmm. down? Well, yeah, pretty much. It's gone. It's... Look, the days are getting shorter. Oh, we had God. summer solstice. It's all over. Here comes autumn. Get out there and pick your berries, everyone. Pick your plums. Pick your plums. <laughs> Go pick your plums. <laughs> Get your plums in. It's better than going lick your plums. Don't lick the plums. Just pick them and make something fruity. That's my <laughs> advice to everybody out there. Michelle. Michelle. Yes. Where's Ben Mendelssohn? I was thinking the exact same thing. Do you know why? Why? My sister told me to watch this series called White Lotus. Oh, I'm going to watch that. I just heard a recommendation on our favourite, other favourite podcast, not ours. Shrine of Duty is back. Did the, Oh, is it? I saw it, it popped up. It popped up, but I haven't w- listened to it. I thought, why? What's all this well, about? No, because they're talking about another uh, World Productions TV sh- series that's coming out soon called The Vigil, and it stars Ooh. Martin Compton and <gasps> Saran Jones, who you love. And it's about a detective who has to solve a crime in a submarine. I'm not going to say too much because I think the less you know about these things, the better. But it's coming out very, very soon, week to week. We've got Brendan, Hannah and Rebecca all talking us through it week by week. And I absolutely love their dynamic. They're such a great podcast. If if anyone out there loves um, Line of Duty... And other TV shows. And <laughs> yeah. you have to tune into these three. They're fantastic. Shrine of Duty. Sorry about I that. I love their accents. I love their love their accents. I can't do it. That's terrible too. Okay, so the White Lotus. Right. So my sister Steph, shout out to her, uh, she gave me a little recommendation. So I thought, why not? Because do you know who else is in it? Your favourite and mine, mine, Connie Britton. Oh, she's good. Do you know what? She she plays the same character in everything. The hair. It doesn't matter. It's all about the hair. It is all about the hair. But you know what? I don't care that she's the same, same, same because I just love her. And she's the same in this. But <laughs> I was thinking about Ben Mendelsohn because yeah. there is a key character who's an Australian guy oh. in it. And I was thinking, why do I recognise him? And he's from this gay series called Looking that I watched when yes. Tom and I were, you know, holed up in the on the fattress watching TV. Those <laughs> were the good old days. And we were watching Looking and I thought, that's the dude from Looking. Anyway. Right. Who's that guy? Uh, God, what is his name? Martin somebody. And he, I kept thinking this should have been a comedic role for Ben Mendelsohn. Yep. But I tell you what, Michelle, now I can't comment because I haven't seen White Lotus yet, but... It's very good. I enjoyed it. I'm going to watch it. But I'll say one more time, but (laughs) fourth time I've said it now, uh, I've forgotten my point. No, hang on. It's coming back. (laughs) Ben Mendelsohn, he's getting famous now for only doing bad boys and villains. Yes. He's evil. He's the new bad guy. And I think he's the bad guy in lots of Marvel. And I think he was the bad guy in Star Wars. Star things. Wars. Yep. He's bad. Bad to the bone. But he wasn't in the one that we liked, was he? The Outsider, which is great, Stephen King. No, he was just a, a floppy faced detective. <laughs> Skeptic. <laughs> he was. I, I need to pick I need to pick up on something that you said about Tobias Menzies a few weeks ago as well. You called him doe faced. He's not he doe faced. He's doe faced. Oh I come disagree. on, doe with eyes. 
No, he's stop still that. Current barn. Oh, you stop love him. That. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So is that all you had to say about Ben Mendelsohn? Yeah. Where is so he? So he's a bad boy. Where is does he? Any, okay. Does anyone know where he is? Can can please write in. Do write in. Somebody has <laughs> written in. Michelle, we've had a couple of people write in after <laughs> last week's episode about strange addictions and Pika. Our yes. friend of the show, friend of the show, Moira. I hope she doesn't mind me sharing this, but it was on social media. She confessed that she had Pika since she was a child. I saw her write that. Mm. And I thought, wow, the secrets people keep. Well, not know. even secrets. It's more just... Not anymore. She put it on bloody Facebook. So it's she out there. Did. Well, it's the kind of thing I guess people don't share with oh. others. But yes, she, she said she had um, two addictions. Well, she said she used to eat her dad's Taylor's chalk, but found it to be highly toxic. She since found an, hang on, she since found a source of edible chalk. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but sometimes she'll eat red clay if she's out, which is handy when she's making pottery because she's a brilliant potter finder on Etsy. Do you know what? Her stuff is absolutely incredible. If you are looking for... What's the name that she that she models under? Not models, but she does all her, all her art under. Is it Planetarium? Pla- is it Planetarium? Give us a moment. One moment, please. What's that you say? I just need to look at my nerds. Your nerds? You know what? We'll let you know in the notes. In the notes, Michelle will put a link to... Moira's fantastic pottery and just so you know every single item she will have taken a bite out of it before finishing (laughs) (laughs) I've got one more I've got one more write in from last week because I know you've got a few shart arts I do another listener who shall remain uh, nameless did write in about drinking pee pee because we talked about <gasps> drinking pee quite a lot no. last episode oh my god who? now this this listener who shall remain anonymous as i said michelle uh he's a man he said that he was recently taking a car journey with his daughter he picked up an opaque bottle that um he didn't realize he had peed in previously quite a while ago as well he thought it was water <gasps> whilst driving on the motorway took the lid off raised it to his lips as he did so, he smelt a foul liquid because it had been in there a while and immediately stopped. He didn't drink it. He put it to his lips. But in his shock, he managed to spill it all. No! That is front. <laughs> and he would have stunk of piss. He did stink of piss. And he made a bit of a, you know, made a bit of a twat of himself behind the wheel of the car his daughter he was trying to play it down he didn't want him, he didn't want her to know that he'd just drunk his own wee or spilt piss all down his front she and she's like oh what's that daddy and he said oh i i think it's rancid water and she went oh took a, took a sip of hers and said mine's all right <laughs> oh no well Ooh. on the subject of drinking wee anybody who has seen our latest video i'm actually not drinking we no i'm not no that's a big pint full of it it is a big pint full of it and jace and i we he he actually helped me he helped me yes uh we got some water we put a little bit of orange juice in it a little bit of his um electrolytes stuff and then yeah a little splash of coffee to give it some depth that was his suggestion and I thought that's interesting isn't it yeah very sweet very sweet but he yes cares. but he still won't listen to the podcast no. no but so anyway just to put it out there I did not drink wee and I did not eat the ashes from the barbecue it looked like you did I know, I know, and it looked like I loved it. <laughs> also, we had a comment from Al Taggart oh. on Facebook. It was about, it was from the food episode, actually, and it was about, he he had said that he and his sister, they were part of rural youth. Ah. There you go, all the cool kids, part of rural youth. Rural youth. How do you say rural. that? Rural, rural youth. You're... You're going down to rural Europe this birthday. <laughs> no, sorry, that's terrible. So listen, Al, Al and his lovely sister Louise. I believe she's a listener. I hope she bloody is. He gets a lot of mentions, old Al, doesn't he? He does. Was he the one with with the pee pee He no, he didn't. No, all I'm right. not going to tell you. It's not Al. <laughs> so what did he say? 
that was it. That he was he went to rural youth and well, what's that got to do with food? Because I made the butterfly cake and took it ah. to the rural youth fair, and then dog ate my cake. Oh yes, that's right. That's right. There yes, you go. Sorry. It struck a chord. Struck a chord. Anyway, rural youth. And I have one shout out. Shout. <laughs> go for it. Shout away. Give us your uh, shout, Michelle. This is to a new time listener, long time oh, friend. Welcome. Monique. Monique from the Central Coast. Oh, Monique, welcome, welcome, welcome to uh, Eavesdropping and apologies in advance. Again, I will give you this warning. Do not repeat anything that you hear on this podcast as <laughs> fact, fact, only opinion. <laughs> Like, don't go around telling people that tardigrades are sea monkeys for a start. Do you remember we thought you were so good, didn't we? I did. I thought we uncovered the mystery. (laughs) (laughs) It's wrong, people. It is wrong. Sea monkeys are a type of tiny little shrimp. Yeah. And you just add water. Ridiculous. But anyway. Like jelly crystals. Welcome, Monique. Yeah, lovely to have you. Shout out. Shout out, you're getting a shout out. So, moving right along in an awkward segue. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) What are we talking about this week? Well, Michelle, I would like to tell you a little bit about the terrible weather that we've had this summer. I have mentioned a couple of times and... I've mentioned occasionally that the weather is being engineered. Now, this is not something that I believe. It is something that I have heard on the streets. You know, (laughs) there's a certain letter of the alphabet that stands for a certain very, very popular cult these days uh, that a certain orange-faced president was the figurehead of, or still is possibly, ex-president. Anyway, without going into too much detail about that, I think that this is being lumped in with, it's basically a catch-all QAnon, let's just call it that. It's a catch-all for pretty much every conspiracy theory out there. So I took this with a grain of salt when I heard that the weather is being engineered. I was told this, I was told that they're turning on the rain and I joked, haha, I've had a word because they've turned it off for my birthday. But I thought I better look into it because it's out there. So I did. So there's a lot of conspiracy theorists and climate change deniers out there, Michelle, who would rather believe some crazy stories than take responsibility for their use of CFCs and single-use plastics because they don't believe that, you know, we have raised the temperature and that the oceans are rising and it is getting hotter. And that's a problem for for the planet. We know this, right? This is a fact. It is. Talk to David Attenborough. He'll tell you all about it. Well, I just recently read a report, actually. I'll put some links in the show notes. But basically, this whole thing about we have to limit um, our carbon emissions to net zero by uh, 2050, it has to be maximum 1.5%, sorry, 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre industrial times right Gee whiz. I don't know how that's going to happen well that's the thing like it, there was there's a report coming out because the COP26 which is the big forum they have it's in Glasgow in mm. a couple of months there's a report that's just come out ahead of that saying it's not going to happen if we keep going no. like this we're not going to make these targets and the thing is that 1.5 degrees celsius is the tipping point where it's no return no return for the planet and it's just gonna heat up so it's kind of fucked and the head of the the un oh something or other he basically said this is code red for the human race so they've been on amber for years and no one's been taking any fucking notice no now it's code red and the thing is obviously it's it's all bullshit if you talk to QAnoners because yeah. it doesn't exist. <laughs> Those particular theorists can also lump in because they also they like to believe all the lizard theories. They like to believe the Elvis is alive theories as well. I love all of those. They're very entertaining. <laughs> and I think you know a little bit something about this one: chemtrails, contrails. Because I've heard you speak about this years ago. Yes. So you've heard of them. 
Yes. They are the plumes of white smoke that form behind aircraft. And conspiracy theorists claim that they are actually poison-laden smoke out and trying to do all sorts of things. To manipulate cities and people and and societies through... Yeah. So people like the Illuminati or the Mm. 13 or the Deep State, they're all spraying us with chemicals to make us pliant and easy to control, which is similar to a theory I heard years ago back in the 90s about the drug epidemics of South East London, like Brixton, Peckham. I heard that they were the government were releasing heroin and crack and all that kind of thing into those parts of deprived parts of society to keep people lazy and and apathetic and not to notice what was going around on around them so there were no more riots and up uprisings and things but I don't know about that that's another that's another one for another day well well on the same thing on the same trail um I think there this is not bullshit this is real one of the ways the Americans controlled and ultimately, you know, murdered the American Indian population was yeah. by giving them infected blankets. What? With diseases. They gave them blankets that they had infected with diseases <gasps> like smallpox and all oh these other God. things that they had no defences against and they all died. So is that true? Where did you hear it is that? It's true. It's it's part of history. It's part of American history. Maybe Americans will go, we don't know anything about that, but the rest of the world, it's in our history books. That, it's I've evil. never heard of that. That, yeah, it's heard really of that. is horrific. And horrific. I actually think the Australians adopted that with the Aboriginal population as well. Do you think? I thought that because yep. everyone said it was the common cold that wiped out the majority of the Indigenous yep. population in the beginning because they just had never experienced it before. Yeah, smeared into the blankets that they were oh given God. as gifts. Horrific. Yeah. Mm. So anyway, going back, there, there's a popular belief that the governments are controlling the weather on a massive scale. Leaders of anti-chemtrail groups that amass followers on closed Facebook groups say it's the modern implementation of eugenics and forced depopulation. So they think they're trying to wipe out human race or, you know, minimize it so that there's more to go around or something. I don't know. Well, that's what the pandemic is, apparently. Yeah, exactly. They've got, <laughs> but so they did, it didn't all. work. They locked us all down instead. <laughs> <laughs> so, or what about this one, Michelle? Or are they simply water vapours released from aircraft engines that condenses into ice crystals if the atmospheric conditions are right? Like cars have exhaust fumes. It's probably that. I mean, look, I don't really think chemtrails are, you know, an evil manipulation of and you know manifestation of conspiracy conspiracy theorists why can't I fucking speak (laughs) anyway I don't think it's that but I do think you you know we were just talking about a pandemic Hmm. I do have some information about (gasps) yeah about this which we'll talk about in in another episode because it's really fascinating theories surrounding Wuhan oh put a pin in that Michelle Absolutely. For another day. Put that on your cork board and save it. <laughs> so anyway, yes, yes. Okay, I'll carry on, shall I? Theorists, because I'm doing so well, theorists in action groups such as Bye Bye Blue Skies and Global Skywatch. Now, they're a couple of chemtrail groups. They have these closed Facebook groups okay. and they really vet them really, really carefully so you can't get into their echo chamber unless you're absolutely committed and they believe you. That they say it's a relatively new phenomena and you didn't see those trails 30 years ago. What do you think about that particular claim, Michelle? 30 years? Technology's moved on and maybe there's different waste products. I don't Michelle, know. Michelle, have a little think. When you were a kid, did you ever look up in the sky and look at the at the white lines in the sky that the planes left? I think you did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not trying to give our ages away or anything, but Mm. that was more than 30 years ago. Shh. Shh. Anyway, you can actually see condensation trails left behind aircraft in images from the Battle of Britain during the Second World War. Now, we weren't around then. I can guarantee it. It's for real. (laughs) But, I mean, it's just, it's like the exhaust. What else do you expect? How are you meant to, there's so many aircraft in the sky. How are you meant not to see what? comes out behind it but there have been weird patterns and I think this is what probably raised the alarm for and you know piqued the interest of people and because I have seen 
photographs of chemtrails, which are in very neat graph graphic. Right. You've seen photographs of it, but you haven't yes. seen it in real life. No, no, not in real life. And, of course, they can be doctored. They can be yeah. photoshopped, all of these. We know but about that. Yeah, like in grids and squares and whatnot. And you just think, hmm, okay. But, of course. What, what about when they write hello, mum and stuff at those air shows? Will you marry me? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's usually a banner. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the idea of weather modification, it's not new. And it has actually been around for a while. There's something which I did not research called the Leningrad Institute of Rainmaking. And that was established in the Soviet Union in 1932. And, of course, the famous thing that most people will have heard of is in 2008, the Chinese government used something called cloud seeding to avoid the Olympic Games being washed out. Now, cloud <gasps> seeding is a thing. Okay. Traditional method of rainmaking used since the 1940s. There's an, an aircraft goes up in the sky and drops silver iodide or other substances, who knows what, into the atmosphere. And the chemicals mimic the particles that serve as surfaces for condensation. Neil, are you listening? <laughs> the old uh, scientist, Neil. And that creates water droplets. And then once the condensation creates water droplets that are large enough, the rain should fall. Okay. They say. They're rainmakers. So, the rainmakers. And that's been going around on since the 40s. And that's what the Chinese government used to avoid the washout for their Olympic Games. But there's also something called geoengineering. And I'm not going to go into great detail about this. It's very scientific and a little bit boring. Sorry, Neil. But... It's been talked about a lot by scientists, but nothing has actually been physically done apart from computer modelling. Okay. It's something that has been designed to assist the Earth naturally to alleviate climate change by reducing the temperatures. And there's a couple of ways of doing it. People are very, very cautious of the whole idea because it is interfering. There's ways of taking out hydrogen, I think. I'm not sure. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Somebody, You can go and look it up if you're interested. But that's a thing called geoengineering. Is it as helpful as it sounds? And why are the CIA all over it? Because they are. So, Well, do you remember when we, you mentioned the other, uh, a couple of episodes back, the weather is being engineered. And I said, hey, I yeah. just found some stuff in the black vault on this but I hadn't oh, yes. got to it yet and I, I, I still haven't I wish I'd, I'd realized I would have read it but aside from that talking about the black vault yeah you you said you had listened to the Gough Whitlam podcast yeah, that was mentioned you, that was mentioned mm. and I didn't realize that the black vault was actually a real secret American government agency that was disbanded and now that's yeah. what this this black vault website has been based on yes exactly very very interesting so yeah I just thought it was a crazy name kind of a cool name no. black vault but it's cool name based on a real thing so there you go yeah. but if I find these um weather it's a bit late now, Michelle, because we're talking about it this week. No, but Ooh. I'll put links to it. <laughs> I'll put some. I'll put some links All in right. the show notes. Link it up. Weaponizing weather has been experimented with before. According to UK government papers, there were six trials at an experimental military station in Orford Ness in Suffolk, about ninety. Well, actually, ninety-nine years ago, and one attempted to create artificial clouds, which it was hoped would thwart German aircraft during the First World huh. War. Okay. It didn't work. I was going to say. Moving forward, yeah. Vietnam War, 1968, Operation Popeye, it was called, they were cloud seeding the country to prolong the monsoon to hinder the ground forces, the opposition ground forces. I... That worked. I believe it worked. Yeah, but they, but they, weren't, they weren't prepared for the Viet Cong to basically make those underground tunnels the size of a... A straw and for everyone to like go underneath oh so then that's why that's when the monsoon had absolutely no effect Didn't make any difference yeah no there is a united nations international treaty in place now michelle Pro Pro <laughs> what is going on prohibiting today? hostile use of environmental <laughs> modification <laughs> techniques by military or any other hostile force and that came into effect in 1978, that particular <laughs> treaty. 
So that led me on to Cloud Busting, which is a wonderful song by Kate Bush, our favourite. I love it. I still dream of Organon. So she's talking about this place called Organon, right? The song, it was the second single released from Hounds of Love, which is 1985. There was a video. Kate was a little boy. Donald Sutherland was the scientist's dad. She looked up to him. She had a ridiculous wig on her head and a little cardigan and they they kind of were dragging this big tuba like contraption up a hill that would make things rain and then suddenly these men I assumed they were KGB men in black something like that they they came along to take him away and lock him up now that was all inspired by a memoir that Kate read by a lad a lad a chap called Peter Reich and this book was called A Book of Dreams and she found it so moving that she based the song and video around it. Now, Peter's father was a man called Wilhelm Reich, and he's a psychoanalyst from Vienna. I know I'm skipping all over the place. No, but but he's very famous, Wilhelm mm. Reich. So, yeah. Uh, He escaped the Nazis in 1939. He was quite eccentric, if you know anything about him. He was a contemporary of Sigmund Freud. He thought he was a little bit cray-cray. He termed, he moved to New York, became known as being quite the eccentric psychoanalyst. He invented the term Mm -hmm. orgone, organon. There's all these things like, I I didn't do that much research, so forgive me. but But did you remember at my house, I used to have organite blob QB blob things all over because they are made from resin and they have copper coils inside and all sorts of are they something to do with the orgone which is from orgasm and organism is where the word came from maybe not it's a biological energy and he said it he had discovered it and the rest of us know it to be god huh he was basically saying that the uh, that orgasms kind of create a certain energy which needs to be harnessed and it gives health giving properties i mean it's quite nuts he built something called an orgone accumulator in 1940 <laughs> which apart from being a hawkwind song was also a device that his patients could sit inside to benefit from its health giving properties well basically they're in they're inside this big chamber just wank box yeah Pretty I don't know. much. I have no idea. I have Getting no idea. Their rocks but off. the report <laughs> But the reporting around that at the time, they said that it was a sex box and it cured cancer. So <laughs> of course not, a, it did. not a cloud buster, Kate. Not a cloud buster. <laughs> so she clearly changed that yeah. from yeah, that would have made a very different song, wouldn't very it? Very different video, I'm sure. With exactly. a little a little girl pretending to be a boy. With an older man in a sex box. In a box. box. (laughs) All a bit wrong. (laughs) So forgive me for being all over the place because I didn't really have a lot of time. I've been camping, Michelle. I'll give you some tips. Never wear a onesie camping because you are going to have to pee outdoors. In the middle of the night. Where people are. And then you have to get all your gear off. You have to sit there naked and then somebody will walk past or you'll drop your flashlight and it'll end up on the grass pointing up. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> well, on the same thing, never wear a leotard as just a top because I used to always wear a leotard with a skirt and then you have to yeah. take the skirt off and then pull the whole leotard down. You're basically you basically have to get naked every time you go to the toilet, unless well, you've got. I've got no. A, unless you, you can just pull it to one side. Yeah, unless you can pull it to one yeah. side. But that's what I do with my swimsuits, or just pee straight through it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that. Of course you do. I don't. Do you're contributing. I don't. You're killing the fish, <laughs> destroying, <laughs> polluting the oceans. <laughs> so, oh so I mean, I'm sorry about that. For people who are interested in geoengineering that there's a lot of stuff on the internet about it and cloud seeding it's a thing people use it for good but you know in a way the conspiracy theorists might be right to be concerned about the ability to adapt our weather systems and to mess with things like that but I don't understand why people would why any organization or deep state or dark organization would want to do that because we're all in the same boat here. 
in planet planetary wise yeah we're all going to hell in a handcart together whether you've got money or you don't or if you own the place or you don't you know I, whether you make it rain or not i don't know i think the only benefit it would be if there was some kind of ability to change weather for good if it could somehow suck carbon emissions out of yes. the atmosphere well, that's and- what that that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. yeah, it's not been done yet. No, they're they're still in the planning and 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 like computer assistance. Well, I think they need some reverse engineering, reverse engineered technology from the aliens. Aliens. Mm. Yes, come on, aliens, give us a hand. We need it. We're flailing here. <laughs> yeah, we really need it. Well, speaking of aliens, not that I'm talking about aliens this week, but it's sort of connected to that. Crop circles. Did you say poop circles? I, I what? <laughs> I wasn't sure what you said. Crop circles. Did you say poop? No. Oh, crop. Crop. Plop. We're talking about plop, plop circles. circles. <laughs> <laughs> crop circles. <laughs> Do you know what? I oh. after you talked about signs a few weeks back. Oh, Mel Gibson. Well, Mel Gibson. Steph. My sister was inspired to watch it. Watch it. Steph listens to me. <laughs> Thank you, Steph. She watched it with the I've girls. Got good Rex. Oh. oh, oh God, not with the girls. It's too frightening. That's what she said. She was a bit like, "Okay, girls, time for bed." Oh shit! Yeah. No, no, you don't watch that with kids. Well, no way. Well, the thing is, Especially when the alien walks past. My God, it haunts me to this well, day. That's the thing. I started watching it, and then I got to the bit just. Well, I got just past the bit where Mel Gibson is going into the kitchen and he sees a little shadow under the door and then he was like, yeah. hmm, goes to get a knife. You think he's going to like try and stab something? No, he's just looking, doesn't see anything. And then this crazy yeah. hand comes out. Oh, my God. I don't God. remember that. That's the scariest part of the movie so far up to There's that point. There's a lot point. of um, jump, jump scares. And then do you know what? Andreas came home. And I haven't picked it up. So I haven't even finished watching oh, it. I haven't finished watching you've it. You've got to finish that. But it did have my boyfriend, yeah. Joaquin, in it. Love him. Oh, Joaquin. Yes. Joaquin. Joaquin. And uh, it, that's, got a, that's got a lot of crop circle action. That's a big old cornfield out the front. Yes. And there were signs. That's right. Yeah. There were things being written in the cornfield. So. Crop circles. So I have been investigating crop circles, a.k.a. Good. Googling. And trying to figure out are they real or just a hoax now spoiler alert I don't have any answers but I'm going to go through a few theories because I think it's I think they're both me too I do I think they're both as well and it is can I just quickly say before you launch into it I didn't do the research for it but while I was on my holiday in Dorset there are some chalk pictures in in the ground that you can see from far away, like the Wil- in Wiltshire, there's a horse. Uh, there's the Man of Abyss. That there's a great big man somewhere. Can't remember where that is. I think it's somewhere else. They're famous landmarks in England. Yeah, just made out of chalk. They're chalk, ancient chalk joints. Moira, help us out here. She knows everything <laughs> about. <laughs> there's one in Yorkshire. There's a chalk horse in Yorkshire, I believe, as well. But. There's one. The man of Abbas has a big penis, and it's apparently known as a fertility symbol. If you walk up the hill and sit on it, apparently you become pregnant. Oh, Jesus. They, it has been said. Why didn't I know about this? <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Well, this is more. I mean, I I didn't do any research into that, but this is all sort of about crop circles, and and it look there are two schools of thought here: those who think they're real and those who think they're a hoax. But I'm a little bit like you. I think. There are some real ones, and I think there are clearly some hoaxes out there. So there is a guy called Dr. Horace Drew. Now, he's a scientist in his 60s, and he's like a proper scientist. He has a PhD in chemistry from the California Institute of Technology. Hang on. As opposed to what sort of other scientist is there? Like a proper one? Like a Bob Lazar, like a little fakie. Uh, right. Okay. <laughs> He's not just a... Go on. Ooh, I'm, well, we don't, know, we don't know the truth about Bob Lazar. Well, so he says. <laughs> but 
the interesting thing is here. So he also worked at the CSIRO as a molecular. Oh, that's Australia. As a molecular biologist, yes, in Australia. And do you know who else worked at the CSIRO? Ben Mendelsohn. <laughs> no. No, Neil the scientist. Neil. Neil the scientist. Neil. He's real. Neil the scientist. Neil. He's a scientist. Neil. Orange peel. He blinded us with science. So, Neil, did you ever know Dr. Horace Drew? If you did, get in touch and tell us what he was like, if he was a crackpot or if he was a genuine guy because he has some very unusual theories. So, he says he's been researching crop circles and, as a byproduct, aliens, for more than 20 years. And he, like I said, he's American, but he ended up in Australia but whenever he goes to research crop circles, he mainly goes to Europe because that's where most okay. of them are. That's where they happen. And exactly yeah. where you said, Wiltshire, um, in Somerset. Somerset, all around there. So when he was a kid, he reckons he saw a UFO like near his home in Florida. And uh-huh. that is what sort of motivated him to have this fascination with aliens and you know, extraterrestrials and UFOs. And he says being in Australia, he's he said it's quite rare that there are any crop circles. And I have to say, I don't think I've ever really, it was never really a thing, you know. It wasn't something mm. that was a phenomena. However, apparently the first crop circle that was ever recorded was in the 1600s when there's like some woodcut. I've actually seen this woodcut. It's like the dev- devil making patterns in the corn. But what? yeah, yeah, it's really crazy. I'll put a link to it. The earliest mention of a modern crop circle was actually in Australia. And it was in a town called Tully, which is in Queensland between Townsville and Port Douglas. And it was in 1966 when this farmer said he saw this flying saucer rise up from this swamp and then fly away and then when he went to check it out he saw this kind of circular area that was flattened in the reeds and he was like fuck that's where the the spacecraft landed however people say it was something called a dust devil or a water spout but he Hmm? absolutely was convinced it was a ufo and it's actually this particular story which somehow made its way in the 60s to the UK. It got reported. And then the hoaxers who have famously, who have come forth, they basically are these two guys, Doug Bauer and Dave Chorley. They came forward in 1991 saying that they were responsible for all of I remember. the crop circles. Yeah. yeah. And that they were inspired by this Tully saucer nest incident okay. in the 60s in Australia. So that's really interesting to me. But yeah, these these two guys apparently made all the crop circles that were around Stonehenge and all of those areas mm. and they kept it under wraps for decades and then told their sons who went public with it. So yeah, there are man-made crop circles out there for sure. Yeah. But older Horace Drew, he believes that they are not. Well, some of them are, but a lot of them are not. He reckons yeah. That basically they are aliens trying to communicate either with us or with each other. And he reckons it could be aliens or it could be human time travellers. Oh, I like that one. Leaving crop circles on Earth as messages, like I said, to either us or themselves. So I think that's a really interesting idea. I hadn't thought of of time travellers in that way. I mean, why they didn't just leave a note, who knows? Or hello. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
And look, he reckons he's decoded some of these messages that are left in the crops, like with circles, because he reckons they use this advanced binary code um, that is like more advanced than what computers use. I have a question. Sorry, I have a question. Did he know which ones were belonging to the two hoaxers? Well, he says that there are ways that you can tell which ones are made by humans and which one which ones are made by aliens and he says okay he said there are there are certain things to look out for so crops that are bent halfway up the stems rather than on Mm. the ground flat yeah, yeah is is a sign that it's not people yes because one thing that you do notice about the crop circles when you see them, and I know someone who has seen them, but he didn't get back to me with his information, but they seem to be rollered in a certain direction and they lay a certain direction. Okay. And that's why it looks so great from above. But I don't believe that, I mean, I think that would take some time and I think it would take a couple of guys in the middle of the night with one of those asphalt kind of pushy-wushy rollery things. Yeah, well... I did read this and I I don't have the notes in front of me, but apparently if you, I mean, they don't break the stems of any of the crops. That's one thing, regardless of whether they're um, a hoax or aliens. Yeah. The stems are never broken. And if they are broken, that's just like poor human kind of intervention. But there is a way that it's, if if they're on the ground, I think it's human. And if it's halfway up... Mm. It's not human. So the top half of the stalk is bent. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because that would take a fucking long time to do. Yeah, and it's not like you can sort of do that easily as a human. Two men. Yeah. So yeah. so they, they say that that is one way to differentiate. But, yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, he he says that he has this theory that... If it is aliens, if it is, you know, some other life force out there, he thinks that crop circles are a way that they're trying to speak to us peacefully. And he sort of gives this analogy of when humans want to talk to dolphins, you know, they they talk to dolphins with little bubbles under the Sonar. ocean. Yeah. And then oh, okay. the dolphins come up and play with it. And it's called, there's a thing called the Dolphin Communication Project. But he says that is in a way how aliens or extraterrestrials will talk with us. They think think we're a bit stupid and we can't understand anything more than bubbles. (laughs) So they're leaving these sort of crop circles because he's sort of saying Donald Trump would never go up to a dolphin and say, take me to your leader. You know, like, (laughs) you know, you kind of, you would talk to a dolphin in a, in a basic way and he thinks that's what extraterrestrials are doing with us. And like I said, he's, he's come up with like this theory that it's this binary code and he's, he's Mm. apparently deciphered some of the messages. What do they say? It's so crap. It's, it's actually a bit crap. And also, I mean, in English, really? I don't know. It just sounds hokey. It sounds hokey, but it says okay. it says things like much pain, still time, believe. What? Yeah. <laughs> or there is good out there. Or beware the bearers of false gifts and their broken promises. What? Another one was we oppose deception, conduit closing. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it's... To me, it's kind of like, until I read all of that stuff, I thought... That last one gave me a bit of a shiver, actually. I didn't like that one. Conduit closing. Fuck. Conduit yeah, closing. It is a bit scary. I don't know. I Whether or not it's it really is an extraterrestrial leaving a message for us or themselves, I think, for me, the idea of the time travelling thing is, is the most interesting because, yeah. yeah, I'd like to think that there is a point in the future where we can travel back and if they do mm. please fucking sort out the environment the climate yeah, please <laughs> please yeah and and part of his evidence for thinking about these time travelers coming back is that he reckons some crop circles have weird soil composition so he said something like there were lab results on 
plant and soil samples taken from a crop circle in Brazil in 2016 Mm. that show it was formed by some kind of unknown sterilization process of the soil and the plants. And he reckons that can only come from the future. So I don't know. Who knows? And then he and then he also goes on to say that, you know, there are potentially government secrets that talk about this. Again, probably in the in the black vault. And in fact, in twenty seventeen there was apparently an interview with George Bush, uh, with Jimmy Kimmel. Mm-hmm. And he they were talking through like secret files and UFO documents and you know, he said apparently Jimmy Kimmel said to to George Bush, oh, you know, did you go through all the all the files? And he was like, hmm, maybe. So he didn't laugh off this question. And then Jimmy wow. Kimmel was like, well, got any secrets? And he's like, hmm, yeah, but I'm not going to tell you what they are. So uh-huh. there is some weird shit going on and I'm not Gosh. saying it's... Was this post-presidential? This is 2017. George Bush. So George Bush Jr., the last president of the Bushes, because there was two. Yeah, yeah, remember? it must be the second one. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? The other I'll have dead. to. <laughs> dad. I'll have to have a look. I'll have to have a look and um, see if I can put a link to it. I don't know. Are they extraterrestrials with weird technologies that could benefit us? I don't know. We have to see. That okay. is one theory. And then, all right. Of course, there are ley lines which I don't know if you know too much about them I did a little research into them did you you probably know more than me not recently no god no well basically I think they're a bit hokey as well because when I looked into it no they're real well I don't know because apparently this amateur archaeologist his name was Alfred Watkins back in 1921 he noticed that ancient sites at all different points around the world fell mm. into alignment and that that's right the sites whether they were man-made or natural kind of usually fell into a straight line and around the world and when he pinpointed them all he could connect them all with straight lines and he called them lays ley lines and he reckoned that it was kind of supernatural in a way like how is it even possible Mm. and since then you know people who kind of believe in them they say they're like kind of latitude and longitude and that the monuments and natural like land vibration yeah there's vibrations and and they carry that's why you go to yeah, supernatural it's energy. Stonehenge, yeah, and yeah. It's, yeah, and that where they intersect, yeah, and where these ley lines intersect, there are kind of it's like you say, there's all like energy, and you can really like tap into it. But the thing is that when skeptics have looked into this, and they've they've individually themselves plotted out using you know Google Maps and Google Earth and whatever, yeah. there aren't straight lines. Doesn't no, work. It, the theory doesn't ah. work. So I, I just don't know, you know, because they were like the pyramids and Chichen Itza and Stonehenge and all of these things all were meant to be straight lines and all kind of crisscrossing, mm. but actually it doesn't really work. So I don't okay. know, but... Well, that's a disappointment. It is, but then, you know, are they just people... Without doing it myself, I'm not sure mm. if... We don't know. We just have to take them uh, yeah, their word exactly, for it, really, don't exactly. we? Exactly. So, and I haven't, people. I haven't done my, I haven't plotted out any anything. So, no one has done any research here yeah. today. Yeah. So there you go. Not you. Not no, me. No, I'm so sorry. I I I feel like <laughs> my my research on crop circles should have been so good, but actually. Did you steal my scrunchie? Oh, have a look in your hair bag. Oh, sorry, pet. What was that? I would like to open this up. <laughs> I would like this to open this up to our eavesdroppers, please. I would like to be inundated with stories about crop circles, ley lines, cloud seeding, weather engineering, geo... What did I say it was called again? Geo... Engineering? I don't know. You know engineering. that Neil the Scientist works with all this kind of stuff. Well, is he? has he written in? Write in. Well, he does write in. He does. He just hasn't recently. He must have been busy. Okay. 
He's had a lot of mentions. It's time for Neil to get in touch. He's our new favourite. He's our new fave. Sorry, Tamira. Sorry, Al. Sorry, Hannah Hoggers, who's she's basically dropped us. <laughs> well, she's been having a holiday herself. Drop it. Have we got anything else to add? I think we both were a bit (laughs) thin on the ground. Thin on the ground. Um, (laughs) You know, it's the summer holidays. Do you know what? You deserve... Your ears deserve a break, people. We're going to cut it short this we week. We are because do you know what? It's quality, not quantity. <laughs> well, good, good luck. I'm sorry about both of those. <laughs> well, anyway. How's Jen? Has Jen written in to say anything? Jen the Hen, your mother, a.k.a. your mother. A friend of mine said, who's Jen? <laughs> I said, that's Jenny Margarita. Do you mind? She's the mother of the show. Oh, she, yes. she is the mother hen of the show. Um, she got in touch to tell me. It was my brother who was full of Dagwood dogs. Who's made yes. of Dagwood dogs. <laughs> Love it. Of course he was. I bet he smells like one too, oh, right? They always do. My brother used to smell of red sausages. I didn't tell you about my, my brother's issue with food when he was growing up. Not issue, but he had certain things that he liked and he would not eat anything else but. So it was wheat bix wheat bix wheat wheat bix or wheat bix yeah. They call them Wheat Bix in Australia. It's Wheat Bix here. Um, Wheat Bix, then, no, Nutri-Grain. It was Nutri-Grain. <gasps> yeah, Iron Nutri-Grain Man. for ages. Red sausages. Okay. Can I have red sausages now, please, Mum? <laughs> he loved his red sausages, a.k.a. Frankfurters or hot dog sausages. <laughs> then it was, uh, he liked Milo. That's another Australian thing mm. that leaves a little moustache around your lips, doesn't it? And space food sticks. Weird. That's got to be good for you. And he always smelt like red sausages. He smelt like those wieners. Oh, my God. He had a, he had a whiff of wiener about Ew. him, as does your brother, <laughs> I reckon. Well, we used to have tang. I used to love tang. tang. We had a jar of tang. And when there were no lollies in the house, I would get... You'd suck on well, the like, tang. Yeah, I'd get the jar of tang. I'd put a little droplet of water in so it would all kind of zoop together. And then I would just get the tang on, like full concentrated tang on my tongue and oh, yikes. Mm, terrifying or I would just whip up a little little batch of icing sugar yeah ah, that was always nice for that sugary yeah, hit yeah <laughs> licking yeah licking the inside of a tang lid yes well listen Michelle as thrilling as that is we've done the food we episode have. weeks ago so we have to move forward we do geoengineering anyone who's got any information for us please write in as you can see we've been scraping today only because we've been busy having good times and working next time it'll be much better i promise god knows what we're going to talk about next week yes uh, well until then i guess keep on well just keep eve- eavesdropping keep eavesdropping what keep eavesdropping for god's sake eavesdropping Eavesdropping, 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 e